0: Well children have a special place in our hearts, don't they? They're so innocent, so real and so genuine. And just a couple actually, not even more than two weeks ago, we week could go Friday, our little granddaughter Caroline, who's getting about this tall already. I mean, she's really tall for her age, being that her father is my son-in-law six, seven. So I have a feeling there's volleyball or basketball in her future, but that's not what I'm talking about here today. But she loves to pray. And whenever she's in our home and our grandkids are there and our kids are there, I'll say, who would like to pray the blessing? And Caroline's, I'll pray. And so she prays one of the prayers that she's learned at the Christian school that she's going to the preschool or she'll pray some other prayer. And she's always loved to do that. So a week ago Friday night, my daughter Julie and son-in-law Nathan were putting her to bed and they're having their prayer time and Caroline wanted to pray. So I said, sure, go ahead and pray. And she goes, dear Jesus, please make candy fall out of the sky to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Simple little prayer. So Julie and Nathan kind of chuckled and laughed a little bit about that and kind of forgot about it. Oh, it's a kid's prayer, really cute, right? So the next morning, Saturday, they're looking for something to do with the kids, my little grandson Henry and Caroline, and they, they just moved to Wheaton this last year, and they see that there's a kite fest going on in some park there in Wheaton. So they say, oh, that sounds like a fun thing. Let's go over there. So they go to this park, and there's all these kites flying, and then after a, few, a little while, somebody comes on the PA says, okay, all the kids, come on out in the center of the field here. And they raised a huge kite with a gigantic net full of candy. And at a pull of a string, all this candy rained down on the kids. I'm not making this up, right? Um, Sometimes the simplest little prayers, and Caroline said, Jesus answered my prayer, right? He did. So sometimes when we're praying, it's not that simple, is it? And so we're going to continue and actually finish our series on daring prayer today, looking at a practice of prayer that's as old as the scriptures are is learning to pray scriptural prayers. To take the prayers that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of scripture, either in the Psalms or the New Testament epistles or even the Old Testament books in other places and certainly in the Gospels as we've read the Lord's Prayer. And he gave these to us as a model for our prayers. I remember as a new believer many years ago, 40-ish years ago or so, I began to pray in a different way than I had growing up. I knew God wanted me to pray and I struggled with that. So I started to go through the scriptures and find prayers that others had prayed, the inspired writers of scripture, starting with Jesus' prayers in the Gospels and Paul's prayers and Peter's prayers and John's prayers and and the psalmist's prayers. And I began to just pray those prayers. And in the process of doing that, God led me to a spiritual practice that I've used for those 40 years I'm going to share with you here today. It's based a little bit on uh, praying scripture in general, but this is praying scriptural prayers. But we're going to go at it a, a little bit different way. And I'll give you a handout that kind of outlines what I'm going to be talking about. You might want to use that as you write notes along the way. But the first step is when we're going to pray is to prepare ourselves just a little bit. Kind of like we did at the beginning of our service here this morning, where we just paused. We live in a world that goes at breakneck speed, don't we? We're constantly coming and going, being pulled and distracted and to be able to connect with a God in whom there is perfect peace and before his throne there is a sea of glass without a ripple on it and really be able to die in. So the first step in praying this way is to prepare ourselves just a little bit for that. The second one is to peruse the passage of scriptural prayer that we're going to consider. Is to read it through carefully and slowly, phrase by phrase, And then sit with it for a minute or two. And just let that sink in. To let it go beyond just the outer part of our being and start to sink in what the prayer says. What it might mean and and what the author of the prayer was trying to get at. Then, and this is what the Lord opened up to me many years ago, to take that same prayer of scripture, and we're going to unlock the Lord's Prayer with us here today, and paraphrase it. To put it in words that you would use to pray it. To change, not changing the sacredness of the scripture in any way, but to personalize, first paraphrase the prayer in words that you might use. And I want you to think about this with me for just a second. When we take the Lord's Prayer and we pray it, we it here, uh, we say it here every Sunday morning, we'll pray it together in a little while at the end of my sermon here today. But these are powerful words that Jesus, when asked, how should we pray? Because they're watching, the disciples are watching Jesus pray, and stuff happens every time. He'd go pray overnight and come out and he'd make big decisions and then he'd pray for people to be healed and stuff was happening. Like, when we pray, that doesn't happen. Can you show us how to do that? So Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. And I want you to realize when we hold this prayer in our hearts and begin to pray it the right way, we are praying God's prayer right back to him. Jesus, in effect, was saying, Pray this prayer because every single time you pray it, it will be answered immediately. This is God's will. That question we always have, well, if it's God's will this, if it's God's will, this prayer is God's will revealed. And he's saying, pray this to me and I will respond and move and change things. As we begin to see it that way, we start to pray with confidence. So when we paraphrase this, let's start out with the first phrase, Our Father. Here's the way I like to paraphrase this and expand it a little bit. God, you are my Father and a wonderful one indeed. You've chosen to make me one of your children and brought me into your family. I am so blessed to be called a child of yours. So when I pray the Lord's Prayer, I talk to him in those ways and talk to him about the relationship that he has established. And do you know, not one of us came to God or through Christ on our own? But God himself wooed us in. He knew us by name and he drew us in by his Holy Spirit. You are a son or a daughter of God by his choosing. Isn't that amazing? He is your father by choice. He wanted you in his family. But then the word says, our father in heaven. And I like to say it this way. God, you live in a wonderful place filled with perfect beauty, supernatural splendor and glory and perfect harmony. I look forward to being there with you one day. He lives in this land, in this beautiful place, the uncreated world, and He beckons us to consider Him in that glory and to look forward to being there with Him. This starts to raise my faith as I pray to Him in that heavenly place and knowing that one day I'm going to be there with Him. The third phrase is very profound as I pray the Lord's Prayer this way Lord, Your name is above every other name in heaven. And on earth, and Lord, may it have the greatest power and influence over my life today. May I always think of you and your name first before I speak or act or do anything else. That's hallowing his name, the name by which we are called. Remember, we're part of his family, and we carry with us a testimony of Christ, and the name of God is on us because we're his children So hallowing his name in all our ways is very profound. Then thirdly, or fourthly, he says, your kingdom come and your will be done. This is one of the ways I like to paraphrase that. May the wonderful plans that you have designed for our lives become our reality, just as you have drawn them up in heaven. The scriptures tell us in Jeremiah, God speaking in the first person, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you to give you a future and hope positive things to look forward to so god really does have a plan and when jesus taught us to pray your kingdom come and your will be done may those wonderful plans become our personal reality today and then this key phrase on earth as it is in heaven May we experience the full love, all of it, not just a little of it, not just a strand of it. May we experience the full love and goodness that you have in your heart, and may it become our actual reality this day as if we were in heaven. That's what Jesus is teaching through this prayer. Pray that God's kingdom and purpose and will will be done on earth, down here, just as if we are in heaven. Let that sink in a little bit when you're praying this prayer. Then the practical... From the heavenly to the practical, give us this day our daily bread. And I paraphrase this, thank you, God, for being the abundant provider of all my needs every day of my life, including today. He's an amazing provider, isn't he? And he puts this right in the middle of this prayer petition. He says, ask him. He will richly supply your needs, symbolized by the daily bread, the needs that you have. But then a big one. Right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, it says, Forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven our debtors. I like to paraphrase it this way. I'm so sorry, Lord, for having offended you or grieved your heart. Please forgive me for all my failings and faults, as I have done the same for all those who have hurt me or let me down. It's a big one, and we'll come to the personalization of this and how we're going to pray this prayer in just a little bit, but... We live in a fallen and broken world with flawed people just like me and you. People will aggravate us, anger us, frustrate us, drive us nuts. And to be able to pray and to stay in that place of communion with God, we have to do something with all of that because it always comes up, doesn't it? Our hearts get bound up in these negative emotions and things. And so Jesus teaches us, say you're sorry to God, receive his forgiveness, and then... Let everyone else in on the blessing and forgive all of them. When we do that, our hearts are lightened and we're able to go forward and pray the rest of this prayer. But it's in there on a daily basis. Because you know what? Probably someone might offend you today. Maybe. Or this week. Or maybe in the coming year or decade, someone might offend you. And you might need to be called upon to forgive them. And so it's right in the middle of this daily practice of prayer. But then two powerful things he clinches with, he says that teaches us to pray, "Lead us not into temptation." And I like to paraphrase it this way: Lead me or us away from all the tricks, and lead me or us away from all the tricks and traps and treachery of the evil one, and guide us straight down the middle of your path. Remember the plan for our lives. We're asking God to step in. And move us away from all of the distractions, all of the temptations, and the, the tr- tricks that the enemy has set up against us. And His hand will begin to move that. And then finally, deliver us from evil. I personalize this; I practically make this paraphrase by saying, remove from our minds, our hearts, and our bodies, and our whole life experience all evil thoughts, evil suggestions, evil circumstances evil people, evil schemes, and even the evil one himself. Now this is very powerful when we start to unlock that this is all God's will, all of those things. So the next step, you notice these are all P's, I like a little little alliteration. We prepare ourselves, we peruse the passage, and then we take the next step and paraphrase it. And the next step is to personalize it, is to start inserting people's names for the personal pronouns that are there. So as I begin to pray for my family daily, and I use the Lord's Prayer as the centerpiece of my prayer every single day, by some of this, as I pray for my wife, for instance, your kingdom come and your will be done, I pray it this way, may the wonderful plans that you have designed for my wife Carol's life become her reality this day, just the way you've drawn them up for her in heaven. We start to see God, remember, he's answering as you pray. This is his will already, so we're releasing it through this prayer in faith that the plans God has for her, not the enemy's plans, but God's would become her experience. And then as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven, I pray this way, may Carol experience the full love and goodness that you have in your heart for her. And may it become her actual reality this day as if she were in heaven. Can you see how powerful those words are as you start to pray them for your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your friends, your siblings, your parents, your grandparents. And as we begin to pray this way and personalize it, I want you to see by faith God doing it because he's responding when we pray this way. These are his words and he's going, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, that's what I want you to pray. That's what I want to do. And I'm looking for you to step forward in faith and be bold enough to come to me and I will do these things because it's already my will to answer these prayers. The next step then, once you've now personalized your prayer, and I suggest you insert in different people's names and circumstances. It can be your school where your children attend or your grandchildren. It can be a broader scope like the nation of the United States. It can be other things that you want to pray for, but begin to personalize it. Now that you've done that, the next step is to actually pray your prayer. You've taken the scriptural guideline, you've paraphrased it, you've personalized it, and now approach the throne of God. And I want you to see as you're doing that, as you're approaching the throne of God with his prayer now in your heart and your faith combining it and bringing it back to him is to see the Heavenly Father with a big smile on his face. See yourself face to face with him. By the way, you're going to see that one day. You realize that? You're going to look square in his eyes and he's going to look square in yours and you're going to be there with him on that day when you meet him. And all of us in Christ are heading there. We're so blessed to know that. Why not think of that when you're praying and see him nodding his head? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yes. And then see his powerful hand start to be extended to bless the person you're praying for, releasing his spirit's grace, holding back the powers of darkness. When we pray, deliver my son or my grandchildren from the evil the enemy would plan for their life, see the mighty hand of God, put stretching out over them and blocking them from that enemy influence and blessing them with his power. We live in a world that's become overrun with evil. A world that's careening down a path towards destruction. But even in the midst of that, God still wants to bless. Still wants His will to be done. Still wants people to experience the glories of heavenly living while we're still here. So if we pray this, like I said for your grandchildren, your children, your friends, anybody, deliver them from evil is to see God's powerful hands holding those forces back. Lead them away from temptation. Lead them from distraction. The, The so many ways in which the devil is leading young people away these days. See the hand of God responding and a smile on God's face as his power is able to be released through your prayers. Once we've prayed that prayer, there's lots of reasons to do the next step and this is to praise the Lord. Is to say, thank you God that I know that you've heard your prayer work through my heart and my faith and you are responding and thank you and praise you God for responding to these needs. Because he is, and you can thank him before you see the answers, before you get the phone calls from the people you've been praying for consistently like that, and just you know just that struggle I was having it just suddenly had this peace come over me, that sickness I was battling with, "Thank God I got a good report from the doctor, I got better." And you will know you will know that you're part of God's will being done in that person's life, because you've been praying for them in faith, and the, at least in this way of doing prayer is to pause at the end and just sit with that and realize what's just happened god almighty has invited you into a relationship with himself where he wants to connect with you and in fact you get more comfortable in that place once you know how to pray i years ago i was so uncomfortable i I didn't know you know how long should i stay how long does god really want to talk to me does he really want to talk to me will he really answer me until the lord unlocked this to me many years ago i was stuck in that place but to realize More often than not, in fact, every time, he's not going anywhere. He's not the one saying, hey, I got another call. And I got to get on with these emails. I got to run off to some other appointment. That's us, right? We have busy lives. God's always paying attention and just listening attentively and responding. So pausing and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us in those moments. He's got so much to tell us. And when he's got our full attention, he loves it. He loves to pour out his grace to us. I'm going to encourage you to, as I do, pray this prayer morning and evening and begin to personalize this. Just try this for a week or so, maybe a couple of weeks, and watch what happens to your prayer life and your experience. God will start to revolutionize that and rejuvenate wherever maybe we've been stuck in our prayers to a new place. As we get to an understanding of that, then we can understand what Andrew Murray was talking about When he said this, we must begin to believe that God, in the mystery of prayer, has entrusted us with a force that can move the heavenly world and can bring its power down to earth. He goes on to say this each time before you intercede, be quiet first and worship God in His glory. Think what He can do and how He delights to hear the prayers of His redeemed people. Think of your place and privilege in Christ and begin to expect great things from him just think about this friends we've been praying we've been saying this prayer i've been saying it all my life my life said it over and over in church said it privately when i was growing up but i didn't understand the power of it i didn't really know that god was listening let alone did i think god was responding to me ready to but here's what happens What I believe happens every time we pray this prayer that God has given to us this way first and foremost, our relationship status with God is being affirmed. He's your Father. God is being honored, respected, and worshiped. His kingdom is being advanced, His will is being accomplished, provisions are being released, sins are being forgiven. The tempter is being foiled and evil is being overcome every time we pray this prayer in that precious and powerful name of Jesus. Can we pause for a moment in prayer and then I'm going to lead us in praying the Lord's Prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for wanting this kind of relationship with us. And then through the Son of God Himself, you've shown us how to pray in a way that is powerful, it's transformative. It invites us into an experience with you that few would ever think is possible, a place of influence at the throne of God. Lord, invite us in a deeper way than ever before to learn how to pray your prayers right back to you as we now join together and pray as the Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.